Welcome to the Make Life Click podcast. Our vision is to awaken deeper levels of connection, direction and purpose in people's lives through a reimagining of online community. We believe in the power of trust and that we're at our best when we're together. Welcome back to the Make Life Click podcast, the MLC, episode seven. I can't believe how fast the weeks are going by. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome Matt Fox. Hi, Matt. Hey, Tim. And once again, if you're new to Make Life Click, we're a new online community and we're in the preview stage of our launch at the moment. And we're rooted in seven values, which are trust, humility, honesty, kindness, appreciation, courage, and curiosity. And today we're going to be focusing on the sixth of MLC's values, courage. And I'm genuinely humbled to have Matt as a guest. Um, I feel in um, lots of respects that I'm, I'm punching well above my weight. Matt's been a, a real inspiration to me over the past few years. So um, aside of just talking to Matt and hopefully having a great conversation. I'm also hoping to learn a few new things from Matt because Matt is just, as I say, a constant source of in- inspiration to me. So Matt, I'll um, hand straight over to you just to um, tell us uh, who you are and maybe just a, a, li- a little bit about your background. Thanks, Tim. It's so lovely to be here. I'm really excited to see what's happening with Make Life Click. I think you're, you've got an amazing vision uh, for a different way of people interacting online. And um, I'm really honoured that you've asked me to be part of your preview phase and to take part in your podcast as well. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Um, so um, I'm, uh, I, my name's Matt, Matt Fox. Um, I'm, a, I'm a dad, I'm a partner, I'm a transformational coach. Um, I live in Lewis on the south coast of the UK. Um, and uh, I've had a very diverse career, uh, which spans from being a teacher in international school. I've been a lecturer in higher education. I've been a researcher. Um, in my 30s and early 40s, I worked in online learning, which is where I met Tim. And uh, in the last, goodness, 10 years or so, uh, I've been a psychotherapist and then more recently, as I said, a, a coach. Um, I've got a deep passion about seeing people develop into all they can be uh, to discover their, their their potential their their true sense of self um, I've worked a lot in the development of people in my professional career and uh, I've got a deep interest in mental health and well-being as well um, I've had my own struggles over time with uh, with trauma from childhood and anxiety and depression um, uh, in spite of having the appearances of very high functioning and you know whatever it means successful career um they've been really dark and difficult times and um i really want to support other people to to come through their difficult times and to to live a, a fully expressed joyous light-filled life as far as possible um and uh i'm particularly interested in the role of fathers in society um I feel there's a conversation that isn't really being had about fatherhood. Um, and um, over the last year, I've been running a podcast called The Heart of Dad, which is really trying to have heartfelt, deep conversations with fathers about the nature of being a dad, the light and the dark of that, the ups and the downs. And uh, many guests, including Tim, have been on and really shared from the heart. And it's been such a moving, wonderful experience to get into these deep conversations with other men about being dads. 
And at the moment, I'm running the first Heart of Dad Summit, which is 10 days of speakers with uh, talking about fatherhood and hopefully sharing a, a new perspective on on how we can sharp um, for ourselves and for our families in a, in a different way. You've just um, covered so much just in that sort of one and a half minutes. It's not often that you get to speak to someone who's so willing to express the fact that they themselves have um, had uh, challenges in their life. Um, but I know that through your work, you've really um, come to understand and realise the value of that within the Make Life Click community. We um, uh, talk about vulnerability quite a lot and we talk about vulnerability not being a sign of weakness, but actually being um, something that brings about a real sense of, of strength. Um, and so I think it's really apt that you've opened up being so um honest and some people might say that some of what you've just shared there could um uh, re- really portray your willingness to show some vulnerability so it's um in that sense really apt that we're talking about courage i think today you mentioned that the podcast and the um kind of movement that you're uh, running at the moment has the title the heart of dad and i just want to put it out there really early that one of my um, hopes as as part of this um, conversation that we're going to have now is that I could really get to the heart of Matt. Conversations with you, you're often the one doing the presentation, you're often the one doing um, asking the questions and we talk about fatherhood, uh, particularly in the realm of kind of entrepreneur dads, those who have a real passion for business and making a difference in the world but also want to be um, better fathers, better partners, better husbands, better um, just better in all areas of their life. So just in terms of really getting to the heart of Matt, can I ask what's motivating and inspiring you, Matt, at the moment, but beyond just the realm of the work that you're doing? Such a powerful question, Tim. And you know, thank you for all you've shared and said. And so far, I really, really appreciate it. Um, the, the word that comes to my mind is hope. Um, you know, in so many ways, 2020 has been a really challenging year for for for, for so many people, you know, socially, economically, uh, in terms of mental health and physical health. And um, in spite of all that, in spite of the, in some really dark twists and turns that there've been, the the underlying tone that I see is hope. And what I mean by that is that when we touch our deeper sense of humanity, when we touch a deeper sense of who we are, we connect in essence with everyone, with all of who we are. And from that place, it seems there's enormous hope, hope of renewal, hope of change, hope of more kindness, hope of more connection, hope of compassion. So that's what I'm seeing, really. And just in the area of hope, Matt, um, you've been, once again, very open that your life hasn't been easy in parts. You've had challenges just like all of us have, and we all have kind of different flavours of challenges, but there's always, um, if I could call them commonalities, that when we get into conversation, when we really open up, we find things that... um, 
at least in the experience that I've had, where you think, actually, wow, I thought that was maybe only me who felt that. And now I've just realized that you feel that too. And what might have brought you to that place could be slightly different, maybe come at it from a, a different angle. We've already got connection through those kind of shared experiences, emotions, challenges, struggles, whatever you want to call them. Could I, Matt, just maybe rewind however many years you would choose to go back, but and just ask you to, just in this area of hope, compare kind of Matt and where you are now to the Matt that was 10 years ago, say. What are the key differences? It's a brilliant question, Tim. Um, as I was listening to you, I was reflecting on that and thinking how maybe more than I'll go a little bit further back than 10 years because um, 10 years represents the time since I, you know, since I trained as a therapist and had come, come through a lot of deep work, but I'd say in my early to, to mid thirties um, I carried an enormous amount of pressure and shame, pressure to be a certain way, pressure to be invulnerable, pressure to succeed, uh, pressure not to let down anybody else in my life, whether it was work colleagues or, my partner at home, uh, or my parents, or friends, um, pressure not to to be seen to break or crack in any way, um, and then whenever I had moments of vulnerability or uh, or I felt fracture coming to my life, feeling a deep shame about that, which kind of is a compounding, it's a compounding feeling. It, you know, makes you kind of double down on the. Um, uh, remaining silent suffering in silence and uh i would yeah i would live in a feeling of pressure all the time a pressure to succeed a pressure not to fall over um and uh you know before you hit the record we were just uh catching up and one of the things that really touched me and what you were saying about uh how you're living life at the moment is that greater feeling of lightness that feeling of fun and uh laughter and humor and openness um which has been the biggest change that i've experienced in the last few years that i've gone from feeling life is very serious uh life is hard life is an uphill struggle um feeling like uh, life wasn't always fair uh to a place of feeling like um uh, optimistic open light-hearted fun-loving um, you know, I have my moments like everybody where life feels very serious and, um, you know, I take things personally or feel heavy about things, but, but more often than not, you know, I, I'm, I feel like, um, the gift of life. I feel blessed, uh, to, to have been given life and to be alive at this time and to be in connection with uh, the people who are in my life. And, um, yeah, that, that sometimes feel like, feels like a state of grace, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And just going a little bit deeper on, on that, Matt, um, back in those times, um, you felt a sense of uh, pressure and you, you you talk about feeling a sense of shame. And I'm, I'm sure if, if you were to talk to most people and you were to really go there, that <laughs> many more people than we um, might realise would actually say, yeah, yeah, I feel the same. Was it, how much, how how would you describe what was conscious versus unconscious in, in that time? So just thinking that now you've kind of seen, realised, you felt the lightness, you've seen hope. 
but back then how much of it were you aware of but just didn't know what to do with it versus actually there was a, there was just an unawareness there yeah i was pretty clueless i would say um in, in my 20s i pushed myself well even before my 20s but academically i'd pushed myself very hard um i was uh a, i was going to say a closet workaholic i don't think it was that much of a closet workaholic i was a bit of a workaholic um i, I only only knew one way of operating really um i knew that i didn't feel good um i couldn't have even used the word anxiety at the time i would have used uh, i felt enormous tension um but i wasn't very in touch with my body I'd, I'd say there was tension in my head i often had headaches um i felt uptight um and that oscillated between i oscillated between that and low moods but i didn't have a language to describe what i've just been describing to you or an awareness particularly um it took uh coming right to the edge of burnout um when i started uh uh, the, the business I was in with the with the other founders of uh, of, of that business on, uh, online learning business, right? and he came to close, I came very close to burnout after three years. Uh, so that that kind of started waking me up to patterns and ways of behaving that were no longer serving me or sustainable. And um, I'd been in therapy for a few years already then, but I wasn't making much progress. I would say I was very afraid of opening up. Um, I was very afraid of um letting go of ways of being that had served me to a degree up to that point but actually were also contributing to me burning out so that that moment when things started to really fall apart for me uh, like for many people when you hit you know you have an experience of hitting rock bottom yeah. it started shifting things um and that really began my journey to uh open up and uh, i remember very Clearly, the therapist I had at the time saying to me, um, stop thinking what therapy can give you and start thinking what you can give to your therapy. And really, she was challenging me at the time to just go all in, go all in into that experience because I wasn't going all in and I was very stuck. And I think sometimes when you're mentally or emotionally stuck, your body just takes over yeah, and it, and it does the heavy lifting for you. It pushes you into a place where... You know, maybe you can't get up anymore. You can't carry on, and then you have to pay attention. So, um, yeah, very little awareness in the, the in, the, in terms of the language I used before. But um, uh, now I can see it much more clearly, of course, as, as we do. Yeah. Benefit of hindsight. What What would you say to somebody who might be listening to this, who's thinking, "Okay, Matt, I can. I think I can kind of feel that maybe I'm similar to that in some ways, or some of what." Um, you've experienced I'm perhaps experiencing that that right now but I don't want to have to go to a point of virtual burnout to enable myself to get into a position where I can start to let go and I can start to see uh, whatever you'd call it improvement um, mm. what would you what do you say to people who who are in a place where you can see that I don't even know what word you would choose. They could reach a place of um, realization. Yeah, realization. Well, I don't want anybody to reach that point of burnout. I think it's you know you're you're making a really valuable point that, that if we can catch it earlier, then all the better because the consequences of burning out are really serious. 
for your for your physical health, your mental health, um, and and for those around you as well, if, who might depend on you. So, um, anything we can do to avoid that place is brilliant. You know, the starting point with these things is always, um, you know, is awareness, uh, feeling or seeing or hearing if somebody else feeds it back to you. But sometimes, well, not sometimes, but quite often, it's the people around us who see this before we do. Um, to, to be able to hear and see what's happening and and have a tiny crack of light of acceptance to say, well, okay, yeah, I'm not actually doing as well as I think I am. I'm not as comfortable as I think I am. I'm not actually as committed to this uh, treadmill or conveyor belt as I think I am. <laughs> so that's a great starting point. And, and these days in my work, really um, what I'm pointing people towards is that um, stress and pressure are wholly internally generated experiences. They, they have the powerful illusion of being from the outside. And I'd have sworn blind to you if you'd asked me, you know, when I was burning out, um, what was creating it, I'd have told you it was shirty clients, too many projects on my desk, unmanageable deadlines, uh, financial strains, et cetera, et cetera. And all those things were true. They were, you know, they were real. But it was my relationship to those things that was creating the stress. It wasn't those things in the, in and of themselves. So really what I do these days for myself and with the people I engage with is to help them see how their experience is created and where, where the true source of the stress is. When, when you were going through that realisation process, if I can call it that, Matt, did fear play any part in what you went through, what you were going through? Uh, well, one thing I want to just sort of clarify, Tim, is that, that, that the, the realisation hasn't been, um, I haven't had um, massive epiphanies. <laughs> I mean, I've had, I've, had a, I've had one or two, but, but it's been a progressive thing over you know, a number of years yeah. um, that I've seen more and more and things have changed for me. Um, so, uh, that's one thing I just want to clarify. Um, and, and fear has been a big part of it. I think not so much in the recent years, but in, in the early years, uh, it was a massive part of it. It was a massive part of not letting go of my identity as a successful contributor, as the person who was always reliable, as the person who always said yes. I was terrified that people would reject me, that I would be, um, thought less of that I would be, you know, cast aside um, if I didn't continually, you know, keep playing the game and and saying yes and and pushing myself to the maximum. That was a massive fear. And another fear was, well, if I'm not this, who am I? If I'm not this driven, workaholic, high achiever, who on earth am I? And that's that's a terrifying thought if you have no idea. Mm. What was your experience of there for the, the kind of transition from that place where fear was a part? And it sounds like a fear of loss of identity or confusion of identity was a, was a really big part of that for you. What's your experience of the transition from that to a place of hope? What happened in the middle? I'd love to be able to say, I think it's largely invisible, but... If I was to describe it, I would say it's like a 
um, a massive thawing out at the core of who we are. It's thawing out those layers of protection that we've innocently grown to to try and keep us from psychological harm. You know, things like our ego, our sense of pride, our our defenses. Um, and to see those things kind of melting, not that I don't have ego anymore, I'm not <laughs> sitting, sitting here claiming I don't have ego, but, but, but some of those kind of sharper edges um, really thawed out. And I fell into a much more compassionate relationship with myself and therefore with others. I, I just stopped expecting so much of myself. I stopped. It's not that I didn't have standards or values or things, but I stopped tying my sense of well-being, my sense of identity to ideas I had around what success looked like. I completely uh, recast what success meant for meant for me. Um, so I, I think that was the space in the middle. It was that that sort of thawing out of all those layers of defense and uh, protection that I'd innocently you know, grown around me to, to to do what I thought was keeping me from harm, but actually it was also keeping me from feeling alive and connected with others. Yeah. Would you call yourself a brave person, Matt? Hmm. I've, I've had that said to me on a few occasions and, um, What I like about the word courage, I like the word brave, but I like the word about courage. It has the same etymology as the word heart. When you when you look back at the Latin, it comes back to the same word as heart. And I think really what I've seen is that um, I have I have a lot of heart. And when I give myself permission to to act and to live from my heart, then good things happen in my life. So if that's a kind of bravery, then I'll take it. Mm. I think, I think it absolutely is. And I wonder if Matt is part of the, again, it's always very hard to find the right words, isn't it? When you're having this kind of a conversation to, to, to describe something which is which is quite which is quite deep um and it, uh, always try not to label things but call it the the transition from matt that was to matt that is now um would you say that a, a key part of that was something went from kind of being in, in your head that sense of trying harder that sense of trying to work stuff out work life out work out why i feel this way what can i do to make this better that somehow that ceased and stopped and when that quietened down kind of your heart opened up and a new treasure trove a wealth of life appeared as a result of that and it's that that you're now living in and exploring and sharing with others i mean the camera's not on so you can't see me smiling but i, I think you just articulated that absolutely perfectly tim yeah absolutely right 
almost almost like when um, in the films they finally find the uh, treasure and they open the door or they open the lid and just that bright light shines and they're in awe and it all goes quiet and there's that lovely feeling of we've found the treasure um, and then it's from that point forward it's exploring the depths of that treasure um, or in this case exploring the depths of um, exploring the depths of life um, I'm really keen Matt to find out when you're having conversations with people in your everyday life when you're having conversations with your clients as a transformational coach um, and you're in front of them and they're talking to you and you're in a position of having gone through the transition that you've been through and you've gone you've you've had the treasure trove of your heart opened up and the kind of treasure trove of life in that respect what's the thing as as they're particularly as they're talking at you that you just that you're willing them to see how would you explain that i just I, I have hope for you that you will see this thing. What is it? How would you describe that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that question. So, so when I'm sitting with somebody, I have absolute belief that they have everything they need within them to live a rich, fulfilling, expansive life, that there's nothing broken, nothing to fix, nothing astray, nothing amiss. And the two things that I want them to see insightfully for themselves are this. One is where their experience is coming from. That they're always living 100% of the time in a thought-created perceptual reality. That there's nothing else. Everything we experience created through thought in the moment. And, and seeing that creates such a fundamental shift because we stop laying the responsibility for life outside of ourselves. We stop attributing circumstances and people as creating our feelings. We move from victim to owner in our lives, reader to author. And the second thing is a spiritual truth. It's a spiritual truth for me, which is I want people to see who they truly are. which for me, in, in my understanding, is more than the bodies we're in, more than the personality we have, more than the thoughts and feelings, more than the sensations. That we are energy itself, or if you will, God, or the universe, or creation, or infinite potential living itself through us or consciousness itself. And whatever language, these are all metaphors, whatever language is appropriate for that person, that they wake up and remember that about themselves. Because when we do that, when we remember that about ourselves, then anything becomes possible. I really like that place that you've just taken us to there, Matt, of um, reflecting on something bigger than just us because so many people don't they live for whatever reason live lives with a sense of uh, almost 
having to survive. It's like that. life is almost a game of survival, and therefore I have to. Um, I, and that survival all starts with me, and it's about survival of the fittest. And what you've just said there suggests that now actually the greatest richness comes, happens, reveals itself when we realise that we're all somehow interconnected. And that within that and within the context of make life click, one of the things that we we talk about quite a lot is that we're we're better when we're together. We can do great stuff on on our own, at least at, at face value. But when we open up and we do stuff together, that's where the real richness starts to come to the fore. I've just got one more question in this area for you, Matt. I'm fairly sure that you're quite a, a curious person and curiosity is one of the values of make life click and is perhaps the value I've had most questions from people around. So people saying, Tim, what curiosity, why have you got that as a value? And I won't go into what my my personal reply to that would be now, but I, I just wonder when you're thinking about this interconnectedness, this bigger sense of, oh, this sense of life being more than just about me, we're all interconnected. So, What's what's the number one question that comes to your mind? If you could just, I don't know, when you're out for a walk in the middle of nature, when you're experiencing this bigger sense, what would you love to ask and get an answer to within within that? Uh, can I have two? Yeah, go go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, I just want to say I love that you have curiosity as a value for Make Life Click because to me if we all spent a little bit of time improving our level of curiosity, we would fall into a deeper, peaceful connection with other people far more easily. Because when we get curious about, you know, why is that person saying that? Why are they having that experience? Why, why would they do that? Then we unlock all sorts of things. We make so many assumptions about other people and their thought processes and their motivations. And when we get curious, actually, we often find out that what they're doing and why they're doing it has nothing to do with what we thought. Mm. So I love that you have that. Um, but the, the, the two questions that come to my mind when, when I listened to you were, how can I live with more love? How can we live with more love in our lives? And it's such a simple question, but it's absolutely profound when we answer it from that deep place, from that place of you know, where we really want to have an impact on the world. And the second question I have is, what do I want to create with my life? Because we have this infinite creative potential within all, within all of us. And sometimes it can feel like life is happening to us, but you know, if you want to move from that position of, from reader to author, author of our own lives, then what is it we want to create? And I mean create in the absolute widest sense. You know, creation of a wonderful relationship with a loved one or a child. Uh, it could be creation of a thing, you know, but it's a, a creative pursuit. It could be creation of a movement like you're doing with Make Life Click and I'm trying to with the Heart of Dad. Um, it can be creation as simple as putting food on the table you know, for your family, but just to see how each of us has that infinite creative potential and to channel it, to channel it with this energy of love. Because when we channel creativity and love together, then we're in service. And we're in service, amazing things happen. I really love that. Um, 
what you say about our life being something that we can take a part in in the authorship of it. It, it we can move beyond life just happening to us um what would you say to somebody matt he said okay love oh yeah love that sounds a bit soppy to me matt love that that sounds like the kind of thing that we might say if we're in a a group together and we're all holding hands and let's love each other a bit more wouldn't it be great if you know the world is full of more love compare love and courage and because courage being something that we're talking about together is is courage more than just a nice um, is love more than just a, a nice feeling at the risk of sounding more soppy <laughs> i you know i don't i'm talking unashamedly about love tim because and, and i understand that um it's not a word that resonates with everybody or feels comfortable. And sometimes it's associated with romantic love or sexual love. And I'm really not talking about either of those things. Though, though they can, they have a part to play in it as well. Or, or, or love of our children or family, you know, they're, they're all part of it. But I'm talking about love as, as a metaphor for the energy of who we are. Yeah, another way of saying it, and again, I'm saying this unashamedly, is we are love. That, that's the essence of who we are. And so I'm, I'm not really talking about cultivating something, but more remembering or re-familiarizing ourselves with the essence of who we are. It's, it's really interesting to me when you look at what's happened in the pandemic, for example, you know, and there are, there are lots of examples of selfishness and self-interest and all that. But there's also so many counterexamples of people getting in touch with their deeper humanity, which is another metaphor for the word love. And when they do that, being in connection and in service of other people. So th these are all metaphors. I'm trying to speak about our true nature, but it's an un you know it's a it's something that defies words really. So. I'm kind of fitting my way around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely get that, yeah. And there may be somebody listening, Matt, who thinks, oh, Tim and Matt, this has been this has been a really interesting conversation to listen to. Um, and um, I can see and I really appreciate and value and, and respect you for talking about um, – or being open about some of the struggles that you've had in your life and what was and where you are now. But I'm somebody, and I don't feel I've ever really struggled in life. I'm actually really happy with the way everything's going. Um, may even go as far as to sound quite a bubbly, outgoing person. Um, uh, they might say, Tim, you seem a bit more reflective than me. In terms of what, what you'd like people to see, Matt, what you'd love, what you long for people to see, what would you say to people coming for life from that angle, that kind of, I'm just really happy. I don't really need anything more. Why should I explore this stuff? Why should I give time to this stuff? That's a really interesting reflection. I mean, if somebody is living from a place of bubbliness, happiness, joy, um, then I think there's nothing to, there's nothing more to do. <laughs> it, it sounds like you're really connected with your true nature. It sounds like you don't have a lot on your mind. It sounds like you're present and connected because when we're all those things, then we are bubbly. We're humorous. We're lighthearted. We're, you know, we don't take things too personally or seriously. Uh, 
you know, it's not that there's nothing to explore, but it sounds like you're living life as it should be lived. Um, for some some of us others, and I really put myself in this camp, who took life very seriously and who you know grew up with some things going on and had some life experiences that that were quite hurtful. Um, it's taken a longer time. It's taken a much longer time in my life to to shed all my thinking, to shed all my uh, conditioning. Uh, and to return more often to that state of bubbliness and joy, joyousness and happiness. I think you know everybody has their own path. There's no mandatory requirement to explore our true nature in depth. Um, I think instinctively, very few people listening to this podcast would, they might balk at the language, uh, they might balk at the concept, but at some level, my guess is, and this is kind of really from experience of speaking about this subject to very many people over the years, they, they're hearing a deeper truth. They're hearing a deeper truth. And if this podcast is making you really angry or frustrated, then I would say that that is also a sign that we're touching a deeper truth. <laughs> if it leaves you cold and uninterested, then maybe it's not touching a deeper truth for you mm -hmm. what question would you give people just to as they've heard that and we draw the um podcast to a, a, a close and they're kind of do the next thing that's on their list to do what what question would you encourage people to ask themselves well i don't know if this will resonate with everybody but i really want to come back to that word service and I'd, I'd leave people listening with the question, how can I be of more service in the world? In whatever form that looks like for you. And a service that comes from a place of what within you, Matt? From the heart, from what touches you, what brings you alive, yeah. what makes you feel connected on purpose yeah that kind of energy not the service of obligation or i need to be helpful to other people or uh, i should do more in my community or uh, i'm not helping enough yes we're, lo we're looking for that that sort of expansive connected energized feeling of service something that brings you alive by being alive for other people yes yes i'm really pleased that you've that you've um ex expressed it that way not least because that for me brings things back around to hope over fear from my experience mm. often when you find that place a hope comes to the fore and the excitement comes to the fore but then fear can quite quickly crowd in and say yeah but 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 it's and it's, it's 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 riding beyond that matt it's been really fantastic to get to talk to you um there's again there's so many more questions that i would love to ask but just to bring this conversation to um a close i've, ju I've just got one more thing to ask and that's if matt based even more of his decisions on hope he would be hmm. living life expansively 
lightly, kindly, with more love. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been a real joy to talk to you. You're very welcome, Tim. I've absolutely loved talking with you and the questions you've asked have been really deep, deep ones for for reflection. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to to spend time with you. Do uh, have a look at um, Matt's Heart of Dad um, website at heartofdad.com. There's some great, great stuff there. Do join us again next week when we'll be exploring the value and power of curiosity together. And I think the conversation today with you, Matt, has been a perfect lead up to that. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for listening to the Make Life Click podcast. We hope it's been helpful for you. Please leave us a comment wherever you listen to podcasts and we hope you'll join us again next time.